Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Memoir or autobiography? What's the difference? How do you know how to tell your story? What do you leave in? What do you take out? How do you actually write a good memoir that really grabs people? You're going to find out today. Hi, I'm Dan Janelle. I've written more than a dozen books that have been translated to six languages. I'm a ghostwriter, book coach, and developmental editor, and I can help you write your book. And if I can't, then I can find someone who can in my trusted network. And one of my trusted network people today, I'm pleased to introduce you to, is Victoria Anderson, who's written three memoirs and is a book coach for memoir writers. And she can help you figure out how to get your story out of your head and into print. Victoria, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here with you, Dan. Thanks, Victoria. How did you get started writing a memoir? So tell me a little bit more about yourself and how you do memoirs. Do you write them for yourself? Are you writing them for other people? Tell me the whole story and then we'll figure it out. You know, I didn't start out writing memoirs. Um, I started out doing fiction and screenplays. I mean, I am a business major and I sort of got, I mean, I've written all my life, but in college, my senior year is really what kind of started to stir up. And I had professors trying to have me change careers and I was in my senior year of business. So that didn't work out. Um, and I kind of left alone. And, and then probably like uh, in my 20s, there was just a lot of upheaval and strange paranormal that was coming up. So I, and I was running a successful antique business with my husband. And when it fell apart, literally overnight, I used journaling to kind of sort things out wondering if paranormal incidences were, you know, connected to all this hot mess. And I created these journals just over a course of a few years. And at some point, I decided to turn them into books, three books. And mm-hmm. cool, cool. Okay, we'll record over this um, again so we get it in the proper order. Yeah. Now, uh, do you want to help people write memoirs? I do. Um, I think, well, I think jur- just writing is very cathartic, uh, regardless of what you write. Uh, there is a certain, I call it magic that goes with writing, no matter what your genre is. But there's something, of course, memoirs are now very near and dear to me. So I want to encourage others to do that and help them sort out, you know, their life chaos and try to make any sense out of that. Cool. Now, Victoria, I've heard that memoirs are not autobiographies. Can you tell us the difference? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I know they're used interchangeably, but autobiographies are usually chronological. They start at at point A, move all the way to point B from the beginning to maybe near the end of life. 
Um, and they're usually featuring of historical or celebrities tend to write these, but memoir is a little bit looser format. You can use your whole life. You can do part of your life. You can do flashbacks, um, you know, experiences. It doesn't have to be the entire life story or just part of your life. And they're generally written by average folks who have a story to tell that they want to get out for their, you know, others who maybe can be assisted by turning a mess into a message as well. Cool. I love that. Mess to message. I love that. I used to say mess to success, but I think mess to message is even cooler. Thank you so much. I'm going to steal that. Absolutely. I was in a networking session just yesterday with a bunch of other authors of all different stripes. You know, I'm, I'm a nonfiction author and a business writer. And there were people in there who were memoir writers and they or memoir readers. And they one woman was actually a memoir writer. And other people chimed in and said, oh, I love reading memoirs. And I think to myself, I wonder why. And they answered immediately. And they said, I love seeing how people have overcome their issues and their struggles and their obstacles. And I find it very uplifting. So I don't know if this is a male-female thing <laughs> that's in dynamic here. Uh, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Would you agree with that? Or what, are, what other big picture ideas do you have to frame what a memoir is? No, that is exactly the point of, I know the male brain goes, I'll show you how to fix problem. You tell me what the problem is. Done. There's what I'm going to tell But women tend to like the journey and they want to get into the emotion because that's something too. another key point. The differences between memoir and autobiography is that autobiography are very fact. They're very a matter of fact. This is what happened when it happened. Memoirs, you dive into the emotion. That's what draws your reader in. They want to they want to hear the agony or the the great uh, euphoric happiness, and you take them on that emotional journey with you. Well, you certainly know your field, and this is why I do not do memoirs, and so I always <laughs> refer people who want memoirs to my trusted uh, network of memoir writers. <laughs> <laughs> of which I will now consider you uh, a good a good partner. <laughs> so, so tell us, what are a couple of tips you have for people who want to write their memoirs? Well, uh, you definitely want to focus um, on all your human conditions. With my memoirs, I got into them because I was keeping track of all these paranormal experiences. My, you know, when um, I had premonitions of like 9-11 or the Oklahoma City bombing. I mean, I went into great detail in some of these premonitions. And I did not get the ooh and ah that I was expecting from that. In the backdrop of telling my premonition um, adventures, basically, there was the story of like a controlling mother and the cheating boyfriend and the backstabbing good friend. (laughs) that's what appealed to my readers it was like all that other stuff's cool but yeah I really oh man your mother was just like my mother and I had a boyfriend just like that and he did just like that to me too so really you want to keep the uh human condition 
You know, don't try to just pull out all the details because um, memoirs be, uh, it does have a cathartic feeling, but it, they are a challenge to write if you've been through a lot of trauma. And unlike uh, maybe a 10-step process that you can do as a nonfiction, you really need to pause, kind of grieve sometimes and move past that. But it's that rawness of your feelings that connect your readers. They, they want to hear your gory details. They may be very painful to write about, but your readers want those details. So if you happen to date a famous person, but had a lot of family drama, the whole, you know, or you work for a famous person and had a lot of family drama, focus on the family drama. That's where your gold mine is. <laughs> wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I once had a client who wanted to write a memoir. And this is, uh, you'll understand why I don't coach memoir writing after mm-hmm. this experience. Um, she could talk it, but she couldn't write it down. And uh, she she had a good writing background, so I know she could write. But I think in some ways she was looking for therapy. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you work with a book coach or developmental editor for your memoir, how would you advise that book coach or developmental editor to interact with their client, the writer going through these kinds of stories? How would they get the most out of those kinds of interview sessions and writing sessions? Well, I would highly recommend getting an edit, uh, getting a developmental editor because even your bad guys in your life, you want to always be sure you can present some goodness about them because that's part of your healing process. And don't necessarily make it about them, but how you work through that. And trying to navigate that an abusive partner or father, um, you know, you want to bring out the, the, I guess, monster-like in them. But at some point, you need to kind of carve away and just remember the humanity. And there's a certain way you can navigate your dialogue and word choice. You don't want to sugarcoat anything, but you don't want to just make it kind of like um, a throw them under the bus, you know, um, feature in your book. So has to be some sort of a win or better understanding that you came out of it, even with the most horrific experience. Why would you say that? Is it because there's some good in everyone or these characters need to be made sympathetic or that the protagonist would say, how could they ever possibly be in that situation? What's wrong with them as a, I I don't know. Um, Well, here's this, here's the thing. I mean, there's a little monster in all of us. There really is. We don't like to dive into our dark side, but I think through these horrific people, you can understand your dark side better and not be afraid of it. Because I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I asked the question because yeah. that was an answer I was not expecting. I, <laughs> I, I framed the question properly, but I, we, it's a great nugget of wisdom and inspiration that you, you, you just shared with us. That's fantastic. You know, when I write a lot of my books for coaches and consultants, 
who are telling their personal stories. It's not their memoirs, but it's like, here's an incident from my life that shows trust or loyalty or charity or whatever, you know, in a business context. And then I advise them to say, to put in some, say, coaching questions. So the reader can immediately say, oh, well, you want this situation. What does it mean to me? So we have some reflective coaching questions. Have you ever been in a situation where something like this has happened to you? What did you do about it? What happened as a result of it? What do you wish you had done differently? But that's in a business kind of coaching context. I'm wondering, do you advise those kinds of questions in a memoir, or do you just want people to read through the story and just have their, you know, their, 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 uh, the, bring out the crying howls? <laughs> the well, every, every story must have a middle, uh, beginning, middle and end. Mm-hmm. And at the end, I mean, one of the things like I do in my memoir is every single horrific monster in my life has actually given me a valuable nugget that has helped me. I didn't understand it at the time, but has helped me down the way. And had I not experienced that, it's like I wouldn't have had better leverage over dealing with down what came down the line. So I think it's important that you bring the reader to some sort of conclusion um, about What did you process through all of this? And what can the reader, I mean, I actually put like at the end of my memoirs, what I felt like and what I'm hoping you, you know, understand like trials by fire, although, you know, there's witch trials that don't end so well, but there's also, if you understand my husband's a jeweler and the importance of burning out the dross I don't know if you're in, in, in like goldsmithing, the dross is um, the like the um, filler metals mm-hmm. in gold. So the more you heat it, the more the dross is burnt out and you're at the end of the firing and, you know, the quenching, the firing quenching, you get a solid piece of pure gold. Wow. Mm-hmm. Great analogy. You know, in the world of speaking, there's this uh, dictum that says, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how that relates to memoir writing. Do you hit people over the head and say, so don't marry a narcissist? Or (laughs) if you see these tendencies, they're probably a narcissist. (laughs) How far would you go between being a narrator and being... um, uh, an instructor? Well, here's the thing. Anytime you tell somebody to avoid something, you know what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> like the don't, they're going to do it. So what I recommend is if you find yourself in the situation, might be helpful to read other memoirs because there are um, narcissists and it's Unfortunately, with narcissists, not to get too much into the psychology, but if you've attracted one narcissist, you probably have a whole batch of them all around you. (laughs) So you might as well educate yourself. Um, If you are with one, you might consider uh, writing a book on what your strategy was working with it. I mean, that that's ultimately (laughs) Find out 
because here's another thing too, is when people are in situations, what they're also looking for in memoirs, they're not sure how to feel. And the memoir gives them a validation of, you know, I'm okay. I've been there and that's exactly how I felt. So you validate what they've experienced. And that's another benefit of memoir writing is to, you know, express feelings that, because especially in a narcissist, you're not sure what your feelings are. So if you read a book on somebody who's already been through a narcissist, you can have at least a benchmark benchmark to know where you need to be a starting point and then validate if you're not sure how to feel about it. Very cool. Let's talk about craft for a second as we come to our conclusion. Sure. How many words or how many pages should be in a good memoir? Because uh, I, I remember getting a, a prospect from, uh, I think she was from Holland. She written like 250,000 words. Which, which is Sounds sort of, like how I write. <laughs> <laughs> 250,000 words is like so, just short of like the World Book Encyclopedia, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And I could understand that because my first book touched was over 500 pages. Wow. Yeah. And when I uh, was approached by, or I had my manuscript um, uh, signed on with a, the company, they were like, Psh. publisher says, you have to keep chopping, keep chopping. We got it down to a hundred. My editor, they're like, keep chopping. <laughs> so Ultimately, I think I settled on 335, but I know memoir writers tend to be in the over five. That's kind of normal. That's why you probably want to do work, work with a uh, developmental editor to just kind of trim, trim, trim and, and streamline you to make it a quick read. I mean, that's one of the good things that I got feedback on my books is that they're a very quick read, that you don't feel like they're you know, hundreds of pages. Like I feel like I started, but I couldn't put it down and boom, I was done. Didn't feel like 300 pages. Okay. So it's 300 pages. I, you didn't say the word pages or words. I wasn't sure if you're talking about 300,000 words or 300. No, no, no. I think I, I think five, I think my original was like 82,000 or something. It was, it was kind of up there, but as far as pages, I think if you work with a developmental editor or if you have a lot to say, just break it up multiple books. I think the sweet spots, you want to try not to do more than 200. Cool. Great. Victoria, how can people get in touch with you? And we'll put the names of your books in the show notes later. Okay, wonderful. Um, you can uh, watch my podcast, <laughs> the Leap Into Your Story podcast. You can find that on various pod podcast mediums. You can go to my website at leapintoyourstory.com and you can find out more information, including my new paid course, as well as if you're interested, a free course there to try out. So there you go. Great. Thank you for being with us today, Victoria. And everyone who's listening, thank you for listening to this podcast. We have another podcast on how to write your journals and how to journal with Lisa Tenner. Be sure to click on that uh, and watch that view. Um, and also be sure to subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. So it's delightful that you're all here. I hope you learned a lot. Check back next week. We have more than 120 other episodes here that will show you how to write your book in a flash. I'm Dan Janelle. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. 
If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no-obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.